How's it going, Yankee fans? Welcome back to Fireside Yankees with your boys, Alex and Ryan. So, obviously, lots of nothing right now on the Yamamoto front. There's basically nothing being said. He is doing his thing, doing his due diligence. I think he met, I think he met with the Phillies yesterday or something. There's a lot of nothing coming out about him, and right now we're just in a period of waiting. we got to wait for his decision. Now, he's posted until January 4th, I believe. So, he has a couple weeks to make that choice, and obviously it's a really big one. It's where he's going to spend the next six, maybe more years um, of his life in a new city, in a new place, in, in the U.S., going over, coming over from Japan, obviously. So, you know, this is a big decision for him. Obviously, going to take the time to figure it out. I think the money from the Mets, Yankees, and Dodgers are all going to be pretty similar. I think it really is just going to come down to where he wants to be, where he wants to live, what kind of environment he wants to be in, in terms of... Um, the spotlight, and you know, we know the Yankees offer that, and then some, and so, so do the Dodgers. So it's a tough situation, but the Yankees, you know, playing worst case scenario, we've been starting to look into some alternative options for the Bombers in case the worst case scenario were to happen. Always good to be prepared, hope for the best, prepare for the worst type of situation. And today we're going to talk about the potential option of trading for Dylan Cease. Now, we know the White Sox um, don't necessarily want to move him, right? They're not, they're not dying to move Dylan Cease, but if the, if the right deal came around, if the Yankees had an opportunity to say to themselves, you know, this makes sense. This this We can give this up for a player like this because he's young. He has a couple years of control. He's had really uh, good seasons in the past. Last year, we'll talk about what kind of happened to him in 2023, had a down season, but, you know, would be a really good pitcher in our rotation, and, you know, I think Matt Blake could probably get a lot of value out of him. So, Ryan, you know, what are your thoughts on Dylan Cease, the realistic kind of nature of this, if it even is? Uh, I think right now we can both agree it's probably more lofty than not. They probably would rather just spend money on, like, Imanaga or, like, bring back Jordan Montgomery um, or go after, like, a uh, Blake Snell, you know, who knows? Um, so we'll see how this kind of goes over the next couple of weeks. But, you know, what are your thoughts on Dylan Cease and, you know, what the Yankees would have to give up for a player of this magnitude? Yeah, so as you mentioned, you know, there is a lot of upside in Dylan Cease's profile. This is a guy who has consistently, you know, always flashed the ability to throw hard, have great secondaries, and get a lot of swings and misses. But on the other side, right, like he has never showed the ability to have reliable command. And kind of that kind of reared its ugly head this past season. You know, two of the biggest flaws with Dylan Cease are that number one, he walks a lot of guys, but number two, he doesn't pitch deep into games. And these two things kind of coincide with each other, right? The more guys you walk, the more pitches you have to throw, the more batters you have to face, the less likely it is you're going to get into the sixth or seventh inning of a baseball game. He made 33 starts last year, and he still failed to get to the 180 inning threshold, right? Like we've sat here and talked about you know, the importance of getting guys who can throw a lot of innings for the Yankees. It's not that Dylan Cease is going to get hurt. It's not like Dylan Cease can't stay healthy. It's not like he's not there every fifth day. It's that he's not there every sixth inning. And, and when you're paying, you know, an ace price tag, I need a guy who's going to get me to the sixth inning, right? Like, we're talking about a price tag that if you, if you take the sum of players in terms of prospect capital versus the money you're going to pay a guy, let's say, like Blake Snell, right? They're pretty even, right? If not, you're paying more in prospects than you would in money for for a guy like Blake Snell because you're going to be trading guys like, you know, you're going to be trading, you know, perhaps a Chase Hampton, right? A Spencer Jones, Everson Pereira, guys of that nature, maybe a Roderick Arias, right? Those type of players. I mean, hell, it wouldn't be unreasonable for the White Sox to say, hey, we want Jason Dominguez, right? Like we're, we've asked for Jackson Holiday from the Orioles. We're going to ask, you know, for a guy like Jason Dominguez and that wouldn't be seen as unreasonable by the White Sox front office. And maybe they won't move off that price point. Are you going to give up that type of that that caliber of a package for a player that can't get into the sixth inning for you I would say I, I'd kind of 
I'd look elsewhere from the Yankees. Right now, if that price tag does fall, and that's why the Yankees are doing their due diligence and monitoring that market, then you have to definitely look into it because Dylan Cease is still an excellent pitcher. And you'd also reasonably argue that he's coming at, um, out of an organization that isn't the best ran, right? Like the White Sox, it's not that pitching development is a massive issue for them. They do have some pretty smart people there. They have Brian Bannister as their new uh, pitching coordinator. Um, they have Ethan Katz as their pitching coach. He's a sm pretty smart guy. Uh, but perhaps maybe they're not as funded in terms of their data and analytics or whatever it may be, or perhaps Dylan Cease just needs that change of scenery, but I'm not necessarily sure what a change of scenery is going to do for his command issues, and I don't know if he's ever going to be able to reliably go into the sixth inning if he walks, you know, four or five batters every nine innings. So for me, at least, Alex, if I'm paying that type of price, I want a guy who's going to be like, yeah, he's going to, he's going to pitch into the sixth inning, and we're talking about the playoffs here, right? Like, because I know the Yankees didn't make the playoffs last year, but we're kind of expecting them to this year, right? Like, that's the expectation. I would be pretty shocked if the Yankees don't make the postseason this year. And it would probably get a lot of people fired. So, you know, we talk about worst-case scenarios. Not making the playoffs gets everybody in that organization fired. And maybe dismays Juan Soto from wanting to come back. But, you know, the, the big thing here is that if I'm going and I'm thinking about the postseason here, I want a guy who... It's game two. You know, Garrett Cole just pitched game one. Or maybe it's game six of a playoff series or game five of a playoff series. The bullpen's starting to get spent. You've got four You've got four games of relentless bullpen usage. Maybe Clay Holmes has been used three days in a row. Maybe Jonathan Loisega's pitched every game of the series. I mean, I don't know if you remember with Loisega and Wandy in 2022. Those two guys basically pitched every game of the postseason for the Yankees. So fatigue is normal, right? Fatigue is expected. And other teams perform better the more times you see a reliever in the postseason. That's not just something that people came up with over the course of baseball history. That is proven fact. That is proven data. The Their stuff becomes less effective. Hitters can recognize it more. The thing that makes pitchers good is that hitters don't know what's coming or that, you know, hitters can't predict the movement or they haven't seen it before, right? So you kind of need a guy who's going to pitch in the sixth or seventh inning for you so you can save that bullpen. So, you know, for me, Alex, at least, I need a guy who's going to be a bulldog. I need a guy who's going to be an ace. I need a guy who's going to be that type of guy if I'm going to go out and trade prospects. And the Yankees have so much money, just go pay for Yamamoto. Or even, I would even rather pay Jordan Montgomery at that point. Yeah, I mean, look, those guys can eat innings. And, like, that's ultimately what it comes down to. Because how many times in the past, my friends, have we had a pitcher that simply isn't healthy for the playoffs, as you kind of referenced? Like, you know, you're getting deep into the season. You need these guys to stay healthy. You, this is when it gets important. Um, and they're not available. Like, we've seen this happen time in and time out with the Yankees. And, obviously, it's come to back to bite us in the butt. Now, Yamamoto... He fits the bill for many reasons, but in one that we've hit on a lot, especially yesterday in, in, in the episode we talked about youth and durability, 164 innings in the JPPL, 171 across all competitions last year, hasn't pitched a less than 170 innings in three consecutive years. I, I, I've actually seen people say that that's a bad thing. Like, I've actually seen people say, like, oh, he's pitched a lot of innings at, such a, at 25. I'm, I'm like, uh, what? 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 Like, can we not have good things? Can we not have good things? What do, do you want to go get an injured player who's pitched 60 innings for three last years because he has more more room to grow? No, come on. Give me a break, my friends. I know 99% of you guys are on the same wavelength as us. Is saying, you pitched 170 innings for three consecutive years. You're showcasing that you are durable, that you know how to take care of your body, that you know how to recover, that you know how to go through the steps. Your fundamentals are, are good because you're not getting injured because of your fundamentals. You know, you're seeing... These this is the type of pitcher you invest big on because he's good. Like okay, for example, the Garrett Cole contract. How good does that look? Because he and knock on wood a billion times any piece of wood that you have in your vicinity, knock on it right now, because that contract looks amazing. Because Garrett Cole pitches every single start year in and year out. He is a freaking bulldozer, man. That is what makes Garrett Cole so good. The fact that. 
he didn't have the best ERA in baseball this past year, but he pitched more innings, pitched over 200 freaking innings. You know what I mean? That's what made him so awesome. He didn't do it over 100 innings sample size. Like Sonny Gray made, uh, won the Cy a couple years ago pitching like what, like 100 innings. This guy won it pitching 200 freaking innings. Like, you know how difficult that is? A whole season to pitch 200 innings. And then, and then you're elite. And then you've had your catchers get hurt. And you have to change that multiple times. You have to be so freaking good. You know what I mean? Yamamoto has that level of upside. He shows up every single year, can pitch 150-plus innings every single year for you. That is ace status. You know what I mean? And that health, that durability, I mean, that like like the, the old saying goes, the best ability is availability. You know what I mean? Like sometimes that's the best, most important thing. Um, and at the end of the day, like that's what I'm focused on right now. Who the hell is going to show up every single day? Who the hell is going to perform every single day? And who's going to be consistent with it? You know, we know Juan Soto going to be consistent and healthy. Knock on wood again. We know that the Garrett Cole, those are the type of guys. Those are the type of guys that are cornerstone pieces in your organization that you know are going to show up and dominate most times than rather than not. You know what I mean? That is the cornerstone pieces. Those are the guys. Those are the linchpins of your organization. Yamamoto is a linchpin player. He is a cornerstone piece. You know, Jordan Montgomery is not a cornerstone piece. Blake Snell is not a cornerstone piece. Imanaga is not a cornerstone piece. Dylan Cease could be, but I, I, he pitches a lot of innings. I think he could be, but he's not just there just yet because of last season. A little had a little bit of an inconsistent ride. So, you know, you go for the cornerstone pieces. If it's all, and the Yankees have more money than God, man. Steinbrenner could could spend as as much money as he wanted to this offseason and still walk away up. So it's like, you know, you go after Yamamoto because he's going to be a cornerstone piece long after Giancarlo Stanton is gone, long after Garrett, even perceivably Garrett Cole was gone in 2030, whatever, 2028, 29. Those contracts, he's Mayhew. Those contracts are going to come off the books at some point, and the Yankees are going to be flush with talent under 30 years old, controlled, under under contract, and have a nice blend of pre-arbitration arbitration level players that are making next to nothing. Like, this is the scenario you have to follow. This is the strategy to building competent, high-end organizations, not investing in $50 million, 38-year-old freaking paraplegics. So that's kind of how I feel at this point in time. Um, you know, it's just, a, it's just about consistency. And the Yankees have had a lot of inconsistency in most recent years. Uh, but guys, you know, very curious to hear your thoughts about Dylan Cease. This is, this is a player that I think by our accounts is going to cost a lot to acquire. Not exactly sure if it's the right fit for us, but end of the day, we have to be prepared for Yamamoto potentially um, to not make it to the Yankees, to not be a Yankee. And I think that, you know, I hate to even go down that mental rabbit hole, but it's something that we do have to prepare for because it is something that could, it is potentially a reality. Uh, but and nonetheless, we're going to stay very high on, on, on Yamamoto. I'll leave you with this. My confidence in signing him is about 75%. You know, Ryan, what is your, what is your confidence level before we sign off here? I'll say 45% because I think that the Dodgers are probably at that same number and I think the Mets are at like 10%. Like I think that it's the Dodgers and Yankees for me at this point. We'll, we'll see how it plays out, but that's the two teams. Those are the two teams I'm staring at, Dodgers and Mets as, as our best competition. Yeah. I, I think the Mets I, I honestly don't even you could like you could use it as like a 100 100 like percent scale and like the Mets would be 10%, you know, they're kind of minus it off there. But I really don't even see the Mets involved. Like I think that the I personally, you know, we're hearing Andy Martino, we see like oh the Mets are are, are back in it. I mean, we've seen this story before, guys. They're trying to drive up his price. Like, come on. Like, can we, like, they want the Mets to be involved. They have Steve freaking Cohen. They, that's like exactly what they want. But he's not going to the Mets. He has the Dodgers and Yankees at his disposal, ready to win a championship and pay him the money. Why the hell would he go to the Mets? You know what I mean? Like, why? They're just using them for leverage because they have they have all, they have Steve Cohen and he has the, that aura, the Steve Cohen rich, unlimited money aura. Dodgers have money. Yankees have money too. I think it's between those two teams, but. 
you know, I think I think the Yankees sent their big guns out there, and I think that he he wants to be. I think he wants to be a Yankee personally. I think we've seen him with the Yankee hats on. We've seen him, you know, all, everything that kind of the resonates from what he's he's done in the past and everything about him. And the Yankees have been scouting him for so long. You know, I just, I just feel like it, it was written in the stars. I feel like we're going to get him. But again, knock on wood again, lot, lots of jinxes in this episode. But I'm doing my best to keep us at, keep us at even play with the karma gods. Uh, but as always, my friends, make sure to like and subscribe. And we'll catch you guys on the next Fireside Yankees episode.